You're listening to Tatiana Is Everyone, an Orphan Black podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And my name is Stephanie. And while we are going to talk about Orphan Black, before we get into that, I wanted to mention that season five of Lost Girl has recently begun airing in Canada. And Chris and I are co-hosts of a Lost Girl podcast called Drinks at the Doll with our friend Annie. And we are doing episode discussions of these new season five episodes. And we'd love it if you would join us for those. You can find the podcast over at Drinks at the Doll. That's spelled D-A-L drinksatthedoll.com. We are in iTunes and on Stitcher. But back to Orphan Black. We're, we're going to take a little bit of a break from the character discussions. We're going to talk about the casting announcements that they've had because they've had some recent casting announcements that if you've been following us on social media, you know that Stephanie and I are super excited about it. We are because one of the bi- one of the main three they've been advertising is Ksenia Solo, who is an actor that we love from Lost Girl, and it's really a dream come true for me to hear that she's going to be on Orphan Black. Literally earlier this summer, Stephanie was like, "It would be so great if Ksenia Solo was on Orphan Black." It is because uh, Lost Girl's wrapping up. This is their fifth and last season that's starting, or has started at this point, and. I was thinking, like, she's free now, orphan black, she'd be great. And the thing is, like, I don't know that I had a, a clear sense of what character she would play. That's a lie. I thought maybe she could fit into <laughs> Helena's storyline just because Ksenia Solo is Latvian. She speaks Russian on Lost Girl a lot. And I thought, well, maybe they could fit her in there. But really, I was just, I, I, as an actor, I thought she would fit well in the orphan black world. Yes, and there had at some point been like a little bit of a Twitter exchange between the two of them, because I think Tatiana Mislane responded to somebody asking if she watched Lost Girl or something like that. And and Tatiana Mislane said, I love Kenzie! And then Ksenia Solo, who plays Kenzie, was very excited about that. And anyway. Yeah. Also, when we met Ksenia Solo at Dragon Con this year, and Stephanie happened to be wearing her Tatiana Is Everyone t-shirt... And Ksenia Solo told you that it was a cool shirt. Yes. She's like, I like your t-shirt. Thank you. (laughs) It's like, I'm very flattered right now. (laughs) I know. I know. But they've also, I think, worked together previously, Tatiana Mislani and Ksenia Solo. I think they were in an episode of a show. I think it was Renegade Press. Renegade Press. But, But yeah, we're super excited for Ksenia Solo to be on Orphan Black. And we wanted to just talk briefly about... The other casting announcements that they've made for season three, as well as some folks that, you know, we would like to see on Orphan Black. Maybe someday, hopefully, maybe fingers crossed. And we're not going to talk about the characters that these people are going to play, the people who've been announced as cast members or or at least appearing in season three. We're not going to give any spoilers. We're just going to say the actors' names. We're walking the fine spoiler line. Yes, because while I have read the announcements and I have a pretty, pretty low spoiler tolerance there, I know there are people who even avoid that sort of thing. So to be respectful. So in the first season, they had as guest stars Matt Frewer and Eric Johnson, who I think are both familiar with genre fans, or at least some genre fans. Matt Frewer was in Max Headroom, of course, anybody old enough to know what Max Headroom is. And, I have uh, no idea what that is. Is that a TV show? Is that a movie? Really? It was a TV show. Okay. My dad was super into it, apparently. 
no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll find a link to something to Okay. Give me an idea. It. It's hard to explain. Max Headroom is like a computer. Anyway. <laughs> he was Max Headroom. Anyway. Uh, Eric Johnson was in Smallville. Anybody who watched Smallville, he's been in Rookie Blue more recently. He's been in a fair number of things, actually. I've only seen him on Rookie Blue. I watched Smallville in the very beginning, but not not really past the first season very much. But he was in the first season. Oh, then I don't remember him at all. <laughs> okay, you remember how <laughs> Lana had the boyfriend who was on the football team? Uh-huh. That was him. Oh, Okay. See, there's just so many generic boyfriends on football teams. It works against the actor's favor, you know? He's a boyfriend who's on the football team. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Because clearly, you know, Lana and and Clark were OTP, so he was just, you know, passing ship in the night. He was not long for the series, clearly. But Clark and Lana weren't really OTP because everybody knows he ends up with Lois. Well, you know what I mean. Like, you knew they were going to get together eventually. Well, sure. They're they're mid game, <laughs> yeah. but what I'm saying is he he's the he's the boyfriend that you know is just going to be there for a little bit, so you don't really pay attention to him. I'm sorry, Eric Johnson. That's a very thankless role. <laughs> Actually, Eric Johnson has on his Twitter account. I think it was on his Twitter account, like the little summary thing or, or you know brief description of yourself or whatever they call it. Right. Bio. That guy you hated on Smallville. <laughs> I believe was actually, and then, you know, currently that guy you hate on Rookie Blue or something like that. (laughs) Anyway. I actually don't hate him on Rookie Blue. Like for a few episodes, maybe, but overall, not necessarily. I I mean, granted, I haven't seen a lot with him in it because I I kind of came into Rookie Blue late and I'm going back and I'm watching from the beginning. But Uh, I actually kind of like him and, and Andy together. I mean, he's not the bestest boyfriend ever, but Andy can be kind of needy, straight up. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. No, I think that's accurate, but, like, later. Yeah, okay. He gets kind of surly. Oh, okay. uh, And, you know. Anyway. (laughs) We're way off topic. That's okay. So, so yeah, we had Eric Johnson, Matt Furrer in season one, and then season two, the casting announcements. I know they announced Patrick J. Adams from Suits, which I have not seen. I have not seen that either. But I liked Patrick J. Adams on Orphan Black. I did. And I knew a lot of people who were excited about him because of Suits. But I I just was not one of those people because I haven't seen the show. And then, of course, we had Peter Outerbridge from uh, who played um, Henrik. And you and I actually know him from, from Bomb Girls. Yes. So it was weird to see him and like hate him that much on Orphan Black. <laughs> Well, that's partially why I think it was actually a really good casting choice of theirs, because he has a very personable demeanor, and and then he's playing this just completely vile human being. But it kind of takes you a minute, because you're not quite sure what to make of him at first, because he seems, right? Because Henrik at first, he seems better than than old Tomas, but then, oh no, 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 he's... No, not any better at all. (laughs) Which is basically exactly what you want in a person who you cast to play a cult leader. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought he was a good a good casting choice. Yeah, I agree. I think they might have also mentioned Ari Millen in the casting announcements for season for season 2, but I had no idea who he was. Yeah, same here. And they did also announce Michelle Forbes, which I personally was super excited about because I love Michelle Forbes. Right. And and if you've listened to our season 2 episodes, I didn't think I knew who she was, but I totally knew who she was because <laughs> 
she's in the killing and she's great in the killing and wasn't she also on uh battlestar galactica which you were a big fan of i think she might have been too yeah apparently i'm sorry michelle forbes because i think you're great in the killing i just have trouble remembering your name and your face (laughs) (laughs) which is weird to me i don't know i don't know and yet and yet because getting on to the announcements for season three one of the actors they announced is james frain who i think i saw he was a guest actor in an episode of medium i totally recognize his face i didn't know his name but i was like oh he was in an episode of medium but why i remember him and not michelle forbes i don't know hmm interesting well because see okay james frain though it took me a while to remember his name but he's one of those guys that just shows up in everything you watch Mm -hmm. yeah at some point or another, he's going to be on the show you watch. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a really long list of credits, but it seems like he's built up more lengthy credits recently. Like, he's been in multiple episodes of a show. Like, because he's on Grimm, right? Or he has been on Grimm? Yeah, he was. I don't think he's been on recently, but... Okay. So he was just a recurring character? I, I, haven't, I haven't watched Grimm. Yes, recurring. But he was also on, I want to say... I want to say he was on The Cape. I think he was, like, the main villain on The Cape, if anybody remembers that show. It wasn't that long ago, but it was only on for, like, a season. Do you even know what I'm talking about? No clue. No clue. Fair enough. <laughs> and then we were looking him up on IMDb right before we, we started recording, and I realized he was on the show called The Intruders, which I thought the... The plot looked interesting, and then I realized this was the show that they kept advertising all the time during Orphan Black when it was airing <laughs> on BBC America. It's like, oh, Mira Sovita, that must be that show. So I don't know that I'll watch The Intruders, but the premise does look interesting. I thought it sounded troubling and did not bother watching it. <laughs> well, it, I think it's supposed to be, though, you know? No, like- I know, but it's, <laughs> I have like a certain level of tolerance for that kind of thing. And I was just like, I don't care how interesting it is. I just, I can't do it. But... And, but and that's, that's me. No, that's that's your call. That's perfectly reasonable. Anyway, and then also in the announcements, like the big announcements for this season was Justin Chatwin, who was on Shameless, which I do not watch. Apparently, he was also on Smallville for a couple episodes. Well, oh. like in a very tiny, tiny role. <laughs> He was in the, both the unaired pilot and the pilot. His credit for the pilot episode of Smallville is Teen Jostled by Whitney. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Whitney, by the way, is Eric Johnson. Oh, uh, okay. And then <laughs> it's all coming back around, Chris. It's all coming back around. It totally is. I should also add that Eric Johnson was also in Ginger Snaps 2 with Tatiana oh. Mazzani. Okay, and uh, directed by John Fawcett, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, no, no. Produced by John Fawcett. He didn't direct the second one. He directed the first one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so he's on He's on Shameless, which is the one with, um, oh, shoot. I got his face. He's married to- William H. Macy. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> which is, okay, that's that one. And then it looks like he was also on a couple episodes of, of Weeds as well. Ah. Uh-huh. Which means I've probably I probably saw him on there, but I I cannot recall him. So not for, not too familiar with Justin Chowan. And the season three casting announcement also mentioned Kira Harper, who they they listed her credit as Warehouse Thirteen. We looked it up. She was only in like two episodes of Warehouse Thirteen, and I honestly do not remember who she is. 
Her name was Brenda. And But I don't yeah. remember who Brenda is. <laughs> Is my point. That's all we got. I realized when we looked her up that she's in an episode of Lost Girl, and I do remember her from Lost Girl, because she yes. played a fairly prominent role. But it was just in one episode. Right. And that seemed to be the case with Kira Harper. She's another one of those. She's guested in probably something you've watched. But yeah. Anyway. And then uh, the other one was Earl Pasco, and they list his credit as Murdoch Mysteries. And it looks like he's been in a bunch of Canadian TV also. Yeah, one episode of Murdoch Mysteries, but in, in several kind of one-offs for a bunch of Canadian TV shows. So not familiar with him at all. I didn't recognize any credits from him. Oh, oh, actually, hang on. Oh, I do know Jason uh, Justin Chatwin from something. <laughs> okay. He was in Dragon Ball Evolution. Ah. He played Goku. I totally saw that. Don't judge me. <laughs> Why would I judge you? I don't know, but but uh, people who are actually fans of Dragon Ball Z will probably shake their head at me. But I enjoyed the movie. It wasn't perfect or great or anything like that, but it was fun. Fair enough. But yeah, so those those are the casting announcements that they've made for season three thus far, anyway. And and we thought we'd also talk about some some people that we were were kind of eager to see on Orphan Black. And I sat down, because I had Ksenia Solo in mind for a really long time, but when I sat down to try to think of others, I realized, oh, this is kind of hard, because with Orphan Black, I don't have a clear sense of where the storyline might be going. You know, I have I have a better sense with, because I don't really follow conventional storytelling as much, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, with some TV shows, you're like, okay, you know, this happened, so they're probably going to do this next season, yada, yada, yada. There's some of that in Orphan Black, but much more limited. Like, a lot of the storylines from season two, I could have never predicted would have happened. Right. I think, you know, going into season two, you're like, okay, well, they'll probably go into Dyad a little more, so maybe some scientists or something. But, yeah, I mean, overall, it's just too hard to tell. Yeah. Although, I guess, you know... They've opened up the doors to Project Caster, so maybe some military people or something. We've also got, the, I'm blanking on the name of it, but the, the organization that Michelle Forbes' character... Topside. Topside. I'm guessing we'll get more from Topside, so we might see some more people from Topside. Yeah, there and, you go. Or we could get more people in, in uh, Marion Bowles' orbit, you know? Somehow. Yes. One way or another. Exactly. So yeah, something like that. But as in regards to, oh, yeah, I totally think they're going to do this storyline. It's like, no clue. <laughs> so basically, the rest of this episode is going to be us goofing off. <laughs> Pretty much. Be forewarned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when I was coming up with actors that I might like to see on the show, I, they really gravitated toward people who might make interesting colleagues for for. Oh, you just said her name, Michelle Forbes's character. Marion Bowles. Marion Bowles. People who might make good coworkers for her, but it, it, and it, it's totally my my bias coming through because it's all a bunch of, of ladies that I like. <laughs> Fair enough. Like I, she's gainfully employed, so I I you know I know this isn't going to happen, but um, Mary McDonald. Ooh, I love Mary McDonald. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, Mary McDonald's great. It's, it, I love her as just sort of a woman in power and making decisions, but someone that's easy to underestimate at the same time. Like, I, I think she'd make an interesting colleague for 
for Marion Bowles. I can see that. Also, I've been watching The Fall a lot, so I'm like, Jillian Anderson. Put Jillian Anderson in everything. (laughs) (laughs) Jillian Anderson is awesome. She's great. Have you been? Have you watched The Fall? I've watched the first season. Okay, yeah, I've been watching the second season, and she continues to be really good. But you know, she was really good in the first season as well. Jillian Anderson is always amazing, mm. and I love her. And just gets better and better looking. Like she's always been gorgeous, but keeps getting even more gorgeous. There was something I saw on Tumblr, and somebody tags her tags all posts with Jillian Anderson aging backwards. <laughs> It's not so much that she looks younger, but she just gets better and better looking. And it's just kind of amazing. So I'm going to cut in here. And uh, since we're on like the powerful lady kick here. Okay. I'm going with my go-to guest star suggestion. Okay. Do you know who I'm going to say? I don't, besides Allie Liebert. Well, that's that's further down the list. But Okay. okay. <laughs> no, Gina Torres. Oh. Oh, yes. I love Gina Torres so much, and I would be perfectly happy to watch her in every single TV show there has ever been. Yes. She, yeah, she just has such a great presence. She's so great. And I've been rewatching Alias, because I've been having mm-hmm. an email conversation with one of our listeners about Alias, because he's watched it for the first time. Uh-huh. Shout out to Jonathan. And uh, I, as far as I can remember, that was the first thing I saw her on. Because she played Anna Espinosa, who's like okay. Sydney Bristow's foil. And uh, I love her. She's great. She is. Like I, I saw her first on Angel. Mm-hmm. And, and then I saw Firefly. And I just thought, oh, she was criminally underused on Firefly. But she was, she was great on Angel. And I've liked her and, and other things that I've seen her in as well. But yeah, she just has such a great presence. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm struggling to think of what type of character she might play in Orphan Black, but yeah, I think she'd be a great. It doesn't matter. Star. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she just she could play anything as long as it's like somebody totally in charge. Like, can mm. you can you see it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We just want like a council of badass ladies. I think is, we would. Is, we really would. Is what she, we're she could up be anyway. a good topside person. She could be in the military project of uh, Project Caster. She could be somebody, somebody from Sarah's past, maybe. Or yeah, she could be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mind is now alive with the possibilities. <laughs> Take it all in, Stephanie. Mm. But yeah, and since we've got Ksenia Solo coming over. It, it, and the cast of Lost Girl is now free because the show's over. Like, why not? Why not some of them? I, I in particular, I th- would be really interested to see how Zoe Palmer would fit in on Orphan Black. And then you can have like a good hair competition between her and and <laughs> Evelyn Brochu. And Evelyn Brochu, yes, exactly. But because on on Lost Girl, Lost Girls are much. It's not quite too campy realm, but it, it's it's got a much broader style of acting on it from from a lot of the the actors. Than, it veers straight into campy at times. At, at times, but but Zoe Palmer, she's always been a bit more her 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 choice of acting style has always been a bit more reserved, and and so I, I think of her as a more immediate, easy fit transfer over, I guess, over to to Orphan Black. But except I, for that one episode. But anyway, yeah, original skin <laughs> I'm talking about. 
original skin and and well two episodes and la fea polk she's very oh that's true oh, yes over the top and campy but it was appropriate it was appropriate yes both times appropriate yes yeah <laughs> but re- yeah but really you know i'd love to see any of the lost girl cast trickle over onto orphan black even if just for an episode and i mean most of that cast is based in toronto anyway and you know the joke about canadian actors there are only so many of them so they always end up in everything in canada basically so yeah it's kind of inevitable right yes exactly it's kind of inevitability but so now now i'm like (laughs) this totally wouldn't happen but like chris holden reed is like felix's sugar daddy or something (laughs) oh my god I want to see that now. I think that could be fun. I think that would be fun. Now we, yeah, let's have Chris Holden Reed be one of Felix's Johns. It would be great. It would be great. Because <laughs> they're always shirtless and Dyson's always shirtless on Lost Girl anyway, so. Yeah, so he's he's totally up for it. Let's continue the theme there. <laughs> <laughs> the places one's mind goes, apparently. I know. I know. Oh, dear. Oh, so here's another one. Another Canadian actor who shows up in everything. Ryan Robbins. Oh, yeah. And he shows up in everything because he's really, really good. Yeah, he's very talented. And he very often plays these sort of like charming but kind of suspicious guys. Like he's like he's kind of shady, but charming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think he'd kind of fit right in with the orphan black cast of characters. Yeah, I think... uh I agree. I think he could he could really fit in in, in Orphan Black. Maybe like another boyfriend from Sarah's past or something. I don't know. Hmm. That might be overdone, but I could see that. Maybe somebody from Mrs. S's past. Ooh. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I could see that too. And I'm trying to I'm trying to look up this actor's name really fast. It just kind of popped into my head. Okay, Terry Chen. Ah. Who, uh-huh. Yeah, he played Kylo on on Bomb Girls, and then he plays, is it Steven? Somebody over on Continuum? I can't remember his character's name on Continuum. Yeah, he didn't last too long. Curtis. Curtis Chen. Not not close at all. (laughs) (laughs) Steven? Well, maybe he came. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know. I've only seen the first season of Continuum, and it's been a while. I need to rewatch it. But I really enjoy him. As an actor, and I think he it, it, just from those two roles that I've seen him in, I think he has pretty good range, and I think could maybe be interesting on Orphan Black. Mm-hmm. I just saw him on something else, and I can't remember what it was now. But there was something I was watching, and I was like, "Oh, they filmed this in Canada," because I recognized like half the actors, <laughs> including <laughs> Terry Chen. Anyway, and then uh, also since we're talking about Bomb Girls, Leaves. If you listen to our other podcasts, you know I like to do the Leaves cry. Allie Liebert is who I'm talking about. A.K.A. Liebs. That's why you Liebs cry. Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't know who she'd play, but no. I would be perfectly happy also if if Allie was in all the things. Yeah. Yeah, she's very charming and likable, so I feel like she'd fit in in like the Cosima Delphine area of the world, but who knows? Hmm. Maybe she'd be friends Helena. Ooh, that could be very interesting. That could be very interesting indeed. Because something about Allie Liebert and her face, just like, I don't know, they they promote compassion, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. The feels, so. Yeah. I don't know, I could 
I could see her being some sort of sympathetic person in Helena's world. Yeah, I was going to say, she's very good at conveying like, compassion and sympathy for others. And yeah, I could, that could be an interesting, that could be an interesting pair, an Allie Liebert character and, and Helena. Just totally making stuff up. <laughs> I know. I know. That's, that's kind of the, what we're doing today. We're just kind of having some fun. So I was also kind of thinking about, because my mind obviously went to, to Canadian actors, but I think these, these two are based in, in Vancouver. And I don't know how to say her name. She's also on, on Continuum and, um, plays, Roger Cross's girlfriend, uh, Sonia Valentine. It's Lexa. Oh, Lexa Doig. Doig. There we go. Lexa Doig. I assume I, it's Doig. I don't actually know that. D O I G. However, you pronounce her last name. And I, I have really liked her for what I've seen of her on Continuum. Yes. And we've already had Roger Cross, so why not? <laughs> Let's just bring the entire cast of Continuum. Jennifer Spence, everybody, come on over. <laughs> I did recently meet Jennifer Spence, and I I like her a lot. She was super nice. But I don't know. Do you have an idea of what of who Lexa Doig might be? Again, I have no good ideas, but I just was thinking about her and thought she might be good in the Orphan Black universe. I don't know. But do you think I'm completely crazy, or can you kind of see it? I can see it. I can see anything with this show. <laughs> but I don't know. Since you brought up continuum now i'm kind of thinking well like what if she's somehow involved with the military yeah since that avenue is open to us now yeah because she's like a serious badass on continuum oh she is she is you do not want to mess with sonia and i guess we should also bring up this is this is something that the producers have talked about for their fantasy casting they've talked about wanting to bring on allison's mother mm, onto the show mm-hmm. at some point and and they mentioned having either Catherine o'hara or i think mimi rogers play her and i am just completely taken with the idea of Catherine o'hara being allison's mother playing allison's mother yeah yeah that's one I of those just, like i can totally see that that would work so so well i could actually see mimi rogers too mm. and of course mimi rogers has the connection because she was the mother in the Ginger Snaps series. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, because I am I would also be really curious to meet Cosima's parents, mm-hmm. if we're talking about parents of clones, but I don't have any great ideas for potential casting of, of those two. Right. Though we did, I don't think this made it on, into the episode. I think this was a conversation we had with Dawson after we finished recording our episode with him, but he mentioned that some people... Some fans had speculated that because because Kasim has dreadlocks, right? And some fans had speculated, "Ooh, what if one of her parents is is either black or biracial?" And that could be really an interesting thing to add into the mix of you know this conversation about nature versus nurture, and you know realizing she's a clone. Did, does that disrupt Kasim's idea of identity, given you know who she thought her parents were? And but I have no idea who we might cast as her parents. Right. Maybe Gina Torres. <laughs> there you go. There we go. But I thought that was an interesting an interesting idea that Casima might have a parent who was who was biracial or or black. Right. Yeah, we we did talk about that and I also don't remember if it was actually in the episode or not, but I did see on Tumblr somebody had written a story to that effect. And I think that was part of how the discussion got started but Mm. but yeah i do like that idea 
because that does sort of add to that discussion, as you just mentioned, the nature versus nurture and identity, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that could be a very interesting, an interesting piece to add to the story. But, you know, there are plenty of other reasons why Cosima might have dreadlocks. But again, I just feel like that would add it to the conversation about identity that obviously the show is is going for. Right. I do find it kind of amusing, but not surprising that you and I just kind of went straight to the Canadians, basically. Like, we had a couple of random suggestions and then straight to the Canadians. Well, I I watch a lot of Canadian TV these days. So do I. <laughs> so these are the actors with whom I interact the most. Fair enough. But But they're also, I think, you know, more likely to be... To actually be realized because of the fact that it's filmed, the show's filmed in Canada. Oh, right. No, I'm, I'm totally factoring that in, even though all our suggestions are completely <laughs> ridiculous and biased, as is our way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. And Colby sent us an email saying Tatiana Maslany has already made the case for Brian Cranston as Kasima's dad and then sent a link to a video on YouTube, which I will include in the show notes. And he says, that would be a mind blower, and I bet Brian Cranston would do it. As for her mom, I've been intrigued by some fanfics and Tumblr speculations that at least one of Kasima's parents has African roots. Along these lines, I think Radon Chong would be it for a current time appearance. Where did Kasima acquire her taste for weed? From Gramps Tommy, who could also make a cameo. But, and this is out of the box, for a flashback to Kasima's earlier life depicting a younger mother, how about Melissa Harris Perry? So thanks, Colby, for sending that in. I personally would love to hear any suggestions from any listeners. Yeah, especially if you have ideas for the type of character the actor might play. Yeah, I, I, I regardless, I, I'd love to hear your ideas. But especially if you had ideas for characters, that would be of, of real interest to me. Because it's fun. Yeah. So you can tell us those idea any ideas you might have by leaving a comment on the show notes for this episode over at tatianaiseveryone.com slash 53. You can also send us an email to feedback at tatianaiseveryone.com or send us a voice message by clicking on the send voicemail tab on the right hand side of our website. We are on Twitter at TIE podcast and we're also on Facebook. And this week, the casting announcement was played by Tatiana Maslany. Thanks for listening. <laughs>